0: Mayo Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, Week 17, DraftKings Picks for the main slate plus some DraftKings ownership, switching it up a little bit this week. I usually do like the hour-long show. I'm gonna make this one more quick-hitting. Update you with what I know in terms of the injury list so far this week and how it's affecting the slate. I'm gonna draw my ownerships from RunTheSims.com. You too can join RunTheSims.com. Get the optimizer, player projections, customizable. So you can change around the projections any way you want. Go to RunTheSims.com. It's 100 bucks for the rest of the of the year, like till the end of the football season. So week 17, week 18, the playoffs, Super Bowl, and then you know your 100 is done but still it's a lot of slates that you can get in and the DIY single game simulator is like the best showdown tool there is so, you might want to go do that. RunTheSims.com right now. Also, the Listeners League link still has a few spots available. Link is down in the description. If you're looking for the injury report and the status update, that is on another uh, side of Mayo Media Networks in a different video. I've kind of separated them because, you know, I want to make some DraftKings picks this week, help some people, well, probably lose money, but, you know, I hope that they would help you win money. We'll see about that, though. Stock running backs to kick things off. Oh, yeah, the newsletter has the complete updated cheat sheet uh, for everything, plus, the injuries, plus the rankings, plus the DraftKings ownership. Find that down in the description. Substack, Mayo Media, figure it out completely free. You don't even have to sub. You can just click on it and see I update it all the way up into lock on Sundays, so if anything changes, you will find it in there. That's where you need to find it. Running backs, let's do this. Uh, David Montgomery is projecting to be one of the higher-owned running backs on the slate. In fact, the four highest-owned are Montgomery, Ronald Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and Sonny Michelle. Those four guys are going to draw an extreme amount of interest this week in terms of how everyone is going about projecting their lives. But here's the crazy thing. So I have them all right around like 20%. Some are going to be above, some are going to be on. But when you look at the optimal rates on a lot of these guys, and that's one of the best tools at Runthesims.com. Uh, so go join. Again, 100 bucks till through the Super Bowl. Uh, Ronald Jones doesn't really spike like the other guys do. And I mean, Sony Michelle is more closer to Ronald Jones than he is to Montgomery or Taylor. Montgomery ends up in the optimal 22. Times, like 22% of the time, Jonathan Taylor ends up in 24% of the time. Now, that's not a shock. He's $9,000, but his projected ownership is actually lower than that. He actually has a positive optimal rate despite carrying around 20%. It's not a ton, but being in 24, like almost one-fourth of the optimal lineups this week is pretty huge. And the great thing about Run the Sims is going to be that if anything changes, if someone gets, like, mysteriously added to the COVID list on Sunday morning, the projections are going to update. You can simulate this slate 10,000 times in under 10 seconds. It's uh, why it's the best tool out there, is that you can go do that moment's notice, boom, everything is updated. Um, but Jonathan Taylor is just kind of spiking at the very top. So his optimal rate is super high, obviously, and his leverage rate is going to be super high, high as well. Um, when it comes to Montgomery, like if you had to play, like, we saw this last week. You know, Justin Jackson ended up being the chalk cheap guy. He ended up coming through. James Robinson was also a chalk guy. Uh, he busted out because he it's going to happen. Sometimes you tear your Achilles, you're just done. Uh, And you're not going to score any fantasy points. You're going to leave yourselves high and dry. I mean, that's a low percentage outcome of what can happen, but it is one of the reasons to fade some of these chalky guys. Uh, I would go Taylor above all, obviously I'm not an idiot. He's the best play out there in a very easy matchup with a decimated Raiders secondary Montgomery against the giants rates out really well, even with Andy Dalton, at quarterback. I don't mind that I could see fading, Sony Michelle, I could see fading Devin Singletary. uh, I could see fading Ronald Jones, although I I can kind of buy Ronald Jones a little bit just because it's the Jets and you can do whatever you want to the Jets. Uh, But if we're talking about optimal rate, uh, after those guys, so you have Taylor... Montgomery, Sony, michelle they're the ones who appear in the optimal the most. But then you just have a huge drop off uh, in terms of projected ownership along with where these guys appear in the optimal. Now, I mentioned Devin Singletary. He is going to draw interest, probably like low double digits uh, against Atlanta. Uh, but he appears in the optimal a ton based on the way that he's going to be playing. But now we start getting into guys with super low projected ownership. Someone like Chase Edmonds because we don't know if, and this is going to kill his ownership because we don't know if James Conner is going to play or not. He's going to be a game time decision. Reports are that he's been limited in practice all week he's kind of the perfect guy to do damage against this cowboys team mainly because they don't have a great run defense and the down the field threats for Arizona have just not been good since DeAndre Hopkins has gone out Christian Kirk had one good game but Kirk and Green we don't even know about Rondell Moore right now could be checked down city if Connor's actually going to be out Edmonds becomes a fantastic play at $5,700 and so few people are going to have them have him in their original builds because they won't know about James Connor and they're not going to utilize the late swap so he is someone that I have my eye on I'm surprised Austin Eckler and Daryl Williams are both coming in at sub 10% right now I think that both are excellent plays. Uh, obviously, Eckler is 8200 bucks. Everyone knows he's a good play and he's expensive. But Williams, I thought would draw like what Sony, like him and Sony Michelle are the same price. They're both $5,800. So you're going to get Sony Michelle at around like 21% ownership or Daryl Williams at around 7% ownership. Their projection isn't that dissimilar. Like I'm looking at it right now. Their, their median projection, They're 50%. Let's just talk about the 75th percentile projection. That's probably an easier way to do this. Daryl Williams is 20 on the dot. His 70 Fifth percentile projection on DraftKings and Sony Michelle is twenty-two. It's a two-point difference. There's a huge margin of error difference here uh, when one guy is three times the ownership at the same price. And yes, Jarek McKinnon has been activated to the fifty-three man roster. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is officially out for this game. Maybe Derek Gore gets involved, and that's not something that we're going to see with Sony Michelle because Acres isn't going to come back. So the the projected workload. At least in terms of snap share and control of the backfield, is going to be there in favor of Sony Michelle. However. It's Even with being this banged up, it's still a bit more difficult to run on the Ravens than it is to run on the Bengals. We know that there is a bit of a commitment to the run from the Chiefs as of late, and Daryl Williams is still going to be massively involved in the passing game here. I think it's worth rolling the dice on a three-times lesser-owned Daryl Williams to achieve the upside that you're looking for in GPP. So those would be the guys that I'd be kicking around. Like, the cheaper play that is probably the best play is Michael Carter. It's not a great matchup, but Tevin Coleman looks like he's going to be out. $5,100. You could go with the goon, uh, Dare Ogunawale. He is $5,100. Terrible matchup against the Patriots. Or is it? Because if he's going to be used as check down central, I mean, no one's going to be more open than the guy standing three feet in front of (laughs) of Trevor Lawrence. I don't love it solely because you really need to luck into a touchdown or multiple touchdowns for him to really do it for you at $5,100. If he was $4,000, that would be a different story. Um, Even like when I'm looking at the optimals right now, he is, you know... He's 6% in the optimals, 7% owned. He he actually has a negative leverage score, so it's probably best to leave him to the wayside. I mean, Burkhead, David Johnson might be back. Jared Patterson, I suppose, is the other one, like 5% ownership. We don't really know what's going on with him in the backfield right now. Uh, Is it going to be all Patterson? Is it going to be some Jonathan Williams? We don't really know. It's a tougher matchup against the Eagles as well. If he could somehow get himself involved in the passing game, this week and pile up some receptions that all of a sudden at $4,800 Jared Patterson could be looking really good. Now we do know on the ground, if they do get the opportunities, he should be the goal back for Washington. Should I'm putting a caveat because obviously we don't know for sure, but that would be the spot that I would want to go over like the goon. Uh, Michael Carter is probably like an equivalent play. Yeah, that, that's probably the spot where I would want to go. If we're looking for all uh, optimal rate or like optimal leverage rate this week, Jonathan Taylor, despite being as high-owned as he is, still rates out the best in terms of optimal rate. Chase Edmonds would be second. Cordero Patterson is there. I just don't like him this week. The computer might like Cordero. Don't love him in this matchup against the Bills. you can run on the Bills... If you really commit to doing that, we saw man, Damian Harris score three touchdowns against him last week. And against good running backs, they have been owned so far this season. But that just isn't going to be the case this week. Not Foreman against Miami is somewhat interesting at almost no ownership. Uh, his leverage score, I mean, he's in only in the optimal 4% of the time, but he has like 2% ownership. That could be a somewhat compelling case. Amir Abdullah against the Saints, that's not really somewhere where I want to go. Rashad Penny could actually be a really good play at $6,100. He's kind of in that middle ground. Alex Collins might not go with this ad problem, but he does seem to be the lead. I don't like having any faith in Rashad Penny, but it's a pretty good price for what it's worth. Wide receivers this week, when we're looking at ownership, we are looking at Antonio Brown. Should decimate the Jets. We don't know if uh, Mike Evans is going to return yet from this hamstring injury. He has been activated from the COVID list. However, uh, Antonio Brown's now a game-time decision with his ankle injury. I think that he's going to play, but he could be a late scratch if they feel like they don't need him. I would just go to Brashad Perriman, either way. I mean, not either way. If Evans sits, Perriman is probably the play. He's been activated. His $4,300 revenge game against the Jets, not that that really matters, but if he is playing over Tyler Johnson, which I would expect him to be playing, I could be wrong on that, but at least from what I've, you know, the tea leaves have seen, Rashad Perriman should be the one out there. He's a very adequate fill-in for Mike Evans on the outside when you're playing the Jets who just have a sieve of a defense that could be the way to go this week with Brown soaking up so much ownership if he plays listen Antonio Brown's probably gonna be a great play I I don't want to dissuade you from playing him but you know he appears in the optimal around 19 percent of the time the projected ownership has him around like 25 26 percent like he's a negative optimal percentage that doesn't I mean but he's gonna be in it one-fifth of the time so you really have to if you're playing the game theory on this and giant GPPs I mean if it's a three max or it's a single entry yeah we go with him for sure but like giant GPPs Uh, Perriman as the pivot might end up being the play. A.J. Brown uh, Cooper Cup, Cole Beasley now Michael Gallup uh, just because he's only $4,800. These are all guys that project out pretty highly in the ownership. Like Cooper Cup's going to be owned a ton Amon Ross St. Brown with the two other Detroit receivers being down a ton uh, in Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds could be out for this game because of the COVID list. Even with Tim Boyle at quarterback uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is someone who's going to garner a ton of interest. So Those are kind of the guys that are up there right now but in terms of who projects out the best in terms of the optimal i'm going back to braxton barrios um he just needs to score a touchdown he's gonna be like seven percent owned he appears in the optimal like 20 percent of the time he has the added bonus of potentially returning a kick for a touchdown although we did that last week so the chance of him doing it two weeks in a row very low but hey sometimes 27 red hits on the roulette wheel and back to back to back spins who knows but 3700 dollars when we're digging down at the bottom in terms of salary savings this week He's probably the best points per dollar guy on the board because this situation for Braxton Berrios in terms of what happened last week is a much more advantageous situation only because the Jets didn't really have to pass last week they ran all over Jacksonville they're not going to do that this week against the Bucks in fact they're probably going to be trailing and without Jamison Crowder around with his calf injury we saw when pressed last week and forced to pass it was just laser lock focus on Braxton Berrios it was like when people talked about what the best Madden game was this year I mean I think the last one time I bought a Madden game was 06 the one with McNabb on the cover and that was the first year you had QB vision so the move would just be like trigger left all the way down the field scope that guy then last second trigger right Way to beat, and then just bomb it down the right. And just no one's covering that guy anymore. uh So essentially, Zach Wilson doesn't really like switch off. He just has laser vision for one guy, and that's Braxton barrios over the middle. You hope that this is a game where he puts in one of the, one of those Danny Amendola performances, like 11 catches, 88 yards, and hopefully he scores. But at $3,700, he doesn't need to do a ton to pay that off. Deontay Harris right now, currently on the COVID list, not quite sure where he's going to end up coming in playing or not. But in the projections, if he does play, he's the min. He's $3,000. Don't love it against Carolina, but Stephen Gilmore isn't playing in this game. If someone's going to take a shot down the field, Traquan Smith is out, so it's going to be him or Marquez Calloway. It could be little Jordan Humphrey, but Deontay Harris at the Bear min. I'd rather play Berrios at $700 more, but you might not have that luxury. Chenault is down to $3,800. Nikhil Harry is the dead man against Jacksonville. You could do worse than that. Byron Pringle is $4,100, although Hill and Kelsey are both going to be back this week. So there's different spots where you can kind of play it. I actually do... Uh, Eli, man, you can even go with like Quez Watkins Keelan Cole and Brandon Zilstra, are two like super cheap guys that you could potentially go to Zay Jones based on what's going on uh, with the Raiders secondary like there are guys down at the very bottom Berrios is my favorite of that bunch though so when we look at the, like, the optimal leverage rate of a lot of these guys Berrios is going to be at the highest because the projections love him so much but like Renfro, Hollywood Brown if he ends up going Tyreek Hill is not garnering a ton of ownership after last week like just Mahomes and Hill together If you think that COVID's going to affect Kelsey, who's going to be super highly owned at tight end, that could be a spot where you you kind of go in uh, on him this week. In terms of like raw projections, obviously Cup is going to be the highest, but he's $9,500. But Hunter Renfro and Antonio Brown, in terms of pure value, they're probably the best two in that situation. Uh, at 61 and $6,500, we have them as the third and fourth highest projected point. Oh, like raw point total receivers of the week. Um, obviously they're going to have a ton of, actually Renfro's is not garnering a ton of ownership against the Colts. Weirdly enough. Uh, I mean, if that's the pivot that you want to make, play Renfro and Senna Brown, obviously you have to pay up $400 more, but you're going to save yourself like one-fourth to one-fifth of the ownership of people who play Antonio Brown in that spot. The other guys who are coming in, like Jamar Chase is going to be pretty lowly owned. Uh, it seems maybe T Higgins as well. Like, you just run back the Burrow stack from last week, and hopefully it's a shootout against Kansas City because those guys, they're up in price, $69 and $7,600. It's not cheap to run that stack, but obviously there's plenty of ceiling when it comes along to it. Other than that, like I said, Brashad Perriman is a guy that I like uh, a little bit. You could fire up some of the – I mean, Cole Beasley and Mike Williams are both going to be back this week. Uh, It seems like people are kind of savvy to that. For Beasley, not so much Mike Williams, who's $6,000. That could be a decent spot for him as well. Uh, In terms of tight ends this week, uh, Travis Kelsey, like I mentioned, most likely going to be by far the highest owned. Uh, Dallas Goddard's garnering a – bunch of buzz as well Zach Ertz is another one who might end up uh, near the very top of the list in terms of overall ownership but if we just look at top like optimal rate for tight ends this week not one stands out really above another Goddard is the highest Ertz is second Fant is actually fourth or third with both Judy and Patrick out of this game no word yet on Sutton I would almost go the other way and go with my guy Big Al Big Albert oh he's three thousand dollars uh because Derwin James might just lock down Noah Fant in this spot and Drew Lock needs a pass to someone. The Chargers defense isn't any good. So big Albert, O. and for $1400 less than Noah Fant, I mean, they could be operating as wide receiver 1 and 2 on this team. Not that, you know, that's any great shakes on Denver, but for $3000, you know, you can do a lot worse in that situation. Other than that, in terms of like the Bear Min, Steven Anderson. Uh, we look up Steven Anderson, let's see. His Base projection this week is 7.1 points. Jared Cook not going to play. Daniel Parham, Donald Parham, uh, out for this game, placed on injured reserve. He's the bare min at $2,500. We've seen tight ends used in this Charger offense enough, uh, and the Broncos defense is pretty decimated. Not quite sure who's going to be in or out based on the COVID list. Reserve players right now, but Steven Anderson as like the ultimate punt play this week at $2,500. I mean, it's worth a gamble. If you do need the save, if you don't need the savings, don't bother with it. But if you do need to jam in like that... A Chiefs stack or you need to jam in the Bengals stack with a Chiefs bring back that's probably the way that you want to go in terms of quarterback like really the only one uh above all right now that I'm seeing it's going to be Trey Lance and Josh Allen those are going to be the two guys uh that everyone is kind of glomming on to um above everyone else but well you can get some let's see projected own here Lance Dak Prescott Jalen Hurts uh but I mean Prescott is probably going to end up being like 11%. Josh Allen will be like 12%. Trey Lance will be like 16%, 17% because he's so cheap. He makes so many lineups. Like if you want to pay up at receiver and running back, Trey Lance is probably going to be the quarterback on that team. It's not going to be $8,000, Josh Allen. And people might leave digs out of their Allen stacks. Is A.J. Terrell probably going to be on digs, presumably. That means Cole Beasley is going to get a bump. Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis probably get a bump in that game. Maybe even Dawson Knox as well as a triple stack, or maybe even just a single stack with Beasley with Josh Allen Uh, but Lance people might just play him by himself for all we know or play him with Kittle or play him with Debo although the way that they've been utilizing Debo I'm curious to see like I'm interested to see the San Francisco offense this week against a bad Houston defense that they can kind of do whatever they want but ceiling wise in terms of our projections no one really comes close to Josh Allen like his ceiling projection is over 40 now that's a 95th percentile outcome. It's not likely to happen, but we do know when everything hits for him, it hits big because he could get the double bonus, he get the rushing touchdowns, where that's just very unlikely for a lot of other guys. In terms of optimal rates in your lineups this week, Josh Allen's going to be the highest, uh, and he still outweighs his leverage point right now. But Wentz, now that he's back in, no one's using him against the Raiders because everyone's using Taylor. If you want to go like Wentz and Pittman, I mean it's a lot of leverage off of Jonathan Taylor and just hopefully it's a passing touchdown type day Huntley against the Rams in a potential catch-up situation the entire time he's going to be like sub five percent Tua is going to be like two percent uh it looks like uh against the uh against the Tennessee Titans so there's a bunch of different ways that you can play this uh Wentz and Huntley Huntley in particular I find particularly intriguing is sort of you know he's fifty six hundred dollars he is in that middle range between like the regular guys that you would play and trey lance who's down at the bottom and we take a look at the projected ownership right now at quarterback let's see here just want to make sure that i'm not missing anyone at quarterback uh who kind of falls in this i mean brady against the jets might be like six percent you just want to go nuts brown brady Perriman, if evans doesn't play evans if he does play or play gronk against the jets because he eats up the jets like usually when you can get a sub like five percent six percent Brady that's usually the way that you want to go when he's playing like the worst defense in the league Herbert's down at like four percent Burrows down at like three percent so that Cincinnati stack is not going to be very popular this week Mahomes I mean he's up there in terms of ownership but with Lance Allen and Dak and Hurts kind of taken away from everything he's going to come in between like five and eight percent too so that can just simply you could even go Pringle if you wanted to but if let's just say you want to play Mahomes and Hill it's probably a week to do it because very they're not as popular as they normally are in the matchup is still just as good in a game which projects to be the highest in terms of points this week like it's an over 50 projected point total it's not a bad situation to get into uh and then a defense you know pick your poison to be perfectly honest with you just who who is the cheap defense that we can play this week uh that will turn out well if you can afford the patriots defense against jacksonville i would recommend that but you probably don't want to pay what are they this week like ninety thousand dollars? because that would you know be an accurate pricing 39 The Bucs and the Patriots are very clearly the two best plays of the week. They just have to be way too much money. Do you really want to spend up on defense? No, is probably the answer to that question. So if we go down to the bottom, let's see, Jets against the Bucs. Nat Lions, $2,400 against Seattle. That one I could see. That one I could get behind. Uh, Ravens against the Rams, $2,500. Not that I expect, like Stafford, just a turnover machine. And Baltimore can still bring pressure. Jimmy Smith is going to be back. Their defense is not as decimated as they once were. They're at home. So... $2,500, $2500, yeah, you know, it's not a lock by any means, but it is a pretty good situation to be in. The Dolphins against Tennessee is a pretty intriguing one too. Terrible offensive line for the Titans. The blitz rate is going to be out of this world for the Dolphins. They might give up points, but they should generate a lot of turnovers as well. So the Colts and probably the two safer ones that you can go with, Colts at 2900 Dolphins at $2,800. They're kind of that middle ground, not too expensive, not too hot, not too cold, right in the middle, just right in that price range if you don't need to punt. If you do need to punt, then yeah, I could see going down to the Lions, going down to the Ravens. You can get to the Chargers uh, or Cowboys at thirty one dollars and $3,200 as well. If you have a little bit of extra salary cap around, you could probably test that as well. I like both those defenses as well this week. Uh, what are the Giants? The Giants are $2,800 against Andy Dalton. I mean, I don't love it, but... Against Andy Dalton is a pretty good sell job, an SJ, if need be. So if you need to just randomly pick a defense, that could be one you go to. That game reeks of running, though, which is not fantastic news uh, on both sides. Well, I I think it was their game last week. I think it was the Eagles and Giants game last week. That was just over 45 minutes before every other game on the early slate. Bears, Giants reeks of that game this week. It's like, oh, yeah, we're entering the fourth quarter. Chiefs and Bengals. It's like, oh, that other game is over already. It was 9-7. to seven. Great. And, and like, no one did anything in the game. They ran the ball 700 times. That's just the read that I get from that game. Those were the DraftKings Picks Sub to the newsletter, play in the Listener's League, and get yourself runthesims.com. $100 from now to the Super Bowl. You'd be nuts not to do it. Coming up next, the props, the injury report, and the updated rankings. Stay tuned. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I feel like I wasn't getting enough nutrients, I never really have like green juice around, and I just really eat a lot of protein. I don't necessarily get all the minerals that I need. And Athletic Greens made it so easy with one delicious scoop. I was just absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and it really made me feel really, really good. Plus, they give me a vitamin D dropper, and honestly, I need my vitamin D. During the winter time, when the sun goes down, it starts getting dark early. I need to keep my energy up. I need to keep that vitamin D up. but I feel like my energy levels have been really, really high. My gut health has been a lot better. My focus has been better. My recovery from exercise has been a lot better. And honestly, I think I'm looking younger too. I can't really like vouch for that, but I feel like I am looking that way. So I just take it every single morning, fill up the water bottle that comes along with it. The one scoop, boom, mix it all together, feel immaculate the rest of the day and honestly it's pretty tasty as well and right now is the time to reclaim your health And arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season, which I have. I feel a lot better because of Athletic Greens, I'm pretty sure. It's just one scoop of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for yourself. And it supports better sleep. Quality and recovery and supports mental clarity and alertness. And God knows we need that over the holiday season. So, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of the immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash mayo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com/slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance make your deposit at prizepicks.com right now. Use code MMN. You'll get a deposit match up to $100. And I already got the picks for you. Hopefully we can sort this through. I really wanted to go with Antonio Brown against the Jets uh, because we don't know the status of Mike Evans yet. He may play, he may not play. He's playing the Jets, so it really doesn't matter. Chris Godwin, we know is out in this game. But now with his ankle injury, he's like a game time decision. I think he's going to play, but I don't want to get my entry in right now. And then Have him not be in there. Also, you can still play in the props pool to get that super bonus if you want to on prizepicks.com. Perfect for low-stakes players. All you need to do is make five picks from Sunday, overs or unders, on prizepicks.com, and make an entry of $7.11, and that will get you 17 times your money if you end up going... 5 of 5. So stay tuned for that. Plus, I think we're going to run a brand new props pool with guaranteed money at the top starting for the playoffs. So now's a great time to get in on this. So the two that I went with as the power play, three times your money, One was actually in that Jets game. I'm going back to my guy, Braxton Barrios. Uh, Nine and a half is the fantasy score over under. So fantasy points, full point PPR. I'm going over the nine and a half. This just reeks of a seven for 35 game for Braxton Barrios. And that will get him over. That nine and a half fantasy points, you could see it last week against the Jags that the moment they actually had to pass the ball, Zach Wilson, Zoomer Zach put his Tide Pods down for a second, ended up just chucking it in Barrios' direction every single time. Jamison Crowder is not playing. It's just an easy completion over the middle for very low yardage against this Bucks defense, which is probably going to stymie the run pretty easily, take away the deep threats. So Berrios is just going to scamper over the line as gigantic underdogs you expect to see far more passing from the Jets this time around. I think it's a good situation for Berrios. Plus, he's you know, he scored a return touchdown last week. That counts towards your fantasy score. Wouldn't bank on that ever happening, but it is extra opportunities for him. Plus, they like to use him as a gadget out of the backfield when they get near the goal line. Issue is, they're playing the bucks so the red zone appearances might be at a minimum this week, because it's not the Jags on the other side of the field. Either way, I, in a high-volume passing game from Zach Wilson, I like Braxton Berrios over nine and a half fantasy points. Then, I'm actually going to stick with the fantasy points. I've been doing much better with fantasy points, rather than passing yards or rushing yards or receptions, because I really like this one. I'm going to brutalize the last name, because I still haven't learned... Let's just call him Big Albert O. Albert O. Oh, I should be better at this by now, you'd think, but (laughs) spoiler, I'm not. Actually, it's not a spoiler, because you just heard me try to pronounce it. Here's the issue with the Broncos. They're missing, essentially, all their receivers. We don't know about Cortland Sutton yet, but Judy is out. Tim Patrick is out. Kendall Hinton is going to be playing receiver for the Broncos this week against the Chargers. Drew Locke is going to be at quarterback, obviously. Noah Fant is still in, but... If, whether Sutton's in or out is kind of irrelevant at this point because he doesn't really do much, but the tight ends are going to have to be the focal point for the Broncos' off- passing offense, at least. They're big underdogs like the Jets are against the Bucks. They are against the Chargers as well. They're going to try to run the ball as much as possible, but if they fall behind early, they're going to have to turn to Drew Locke to get the ball down the field. So the two big play tight ends, it was either go with Big Albert O at 5.5 fantasy points or Noah Fant over under 9.5 fantasy points. I just went for the lower one. I mean... We've seen the big plays out of him. This could just be one catch and he's over this number. Uh, The projections right now when you take out Judy and Patrick have him right around seven fantasy points for this game as like a median. So... That's a solid spot where you want to be. At least when I run my projections, you can simulate your own projections by going to runthesims.com. Optimizer, projections, customizable inputs. Uh, it's 100 bucks for the rest of the year. That's through the Super Bowl. So you get 17, 18, all the playoffs. It's a pretty good deal uh, if you really want to get in on an optimizer. And because the slate can be blown up at such quick notice due to a positive COVID test and like it changes an entire team's outlook, having the ability to run those 10,000 simulations of a slate in under 10 seconds. Comes in handy on a Sunday morning. I'm not going to lie to you. It's bailed me out so many times. So runthesims.com. Go get that right now. Yeah, so Albert O over five and a half fantasy points. Braxton Barrios over nine and a half fantasy points is the power play. You played those two. I'm going to be playing those two in my 7-11 entry. Got to find three other ones. I like the Michael Pittman over-receiving yards as well. I think it's like 58 and a half. Uh, now with Carson Wentz back, That's looking pretty, pretty good running backs, injuries for the week. You can find all of the updates, and I'll continue to update because, look, every time that I record one of these videos, like three new guys go on the COVID list, and it completely changes everything. So, obviously, filming this on a Saturday afternoon, I'm not going to have all of the information in this video because you can't change the video after it's out. It doesn't work like that. What I can do is change the newsletter update. You can find that down in the description right now. It's completely free to join. It's completely free to look at, even if you don't want to join. I recommend joining. That would help me out tremendously, as would like smashing the like button, using code MMN at prize picks. All that stuff helps us out, but I will do my updates in there. The post is already up. You can just bookmark it, go back to it. I'll update it again on Sunday morning and again after the inactives come out. Be wary when it comes to the active-inactive list on Sunday because they don't include the COVID ins and outs if you're on the reserve list. It only is the actual, like, physical injury report. So be cognizant of that if you see someone like, oh, here are the inactives for the game, and let's say... Like Antonio Gibson, for example, is out this week officially uh, because of this, because he's on the COVID list. Uh, when they release the active as an inactive, some teams won't put Antonio Gibson, so don't get duped into thinking he's playing. Jared Patterson is going to be starting a quarterback or running back for the Washington footballs this week against the Eagles. So uh, just be. Wary of that once you're trying to dive through everything. I'll have the update in the newsletter. So go check that out right now if you want the updated rankings. They're down in the description as well. Uh also up on dknation.com. So here's what we're going with. Out for week 17. No James Robinson, no Daryl Henderson, no Clyde zilla Word- Edwards, Alaire, no Miles Sanders, no Antonio Gibson. Tevin Coleman is likely out for the Jets. He's on the COVID list. We're still in a wait-and-see pattern with him at this moment. Still like Michael Carter way more. And of all of those guys, because with Miles Sanders being out, Jordan Howard is still a game-time decision with his neck stinger. So it could be Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell as the two primaries back there. Then, all of a sudden, I would like Boston Scott. Um, But... You probably play Scott over Howard anyway, but neither of them are super compelling plays if Howard is in, because he might just steal all the touchdowns. And then Boston Scott might end up doing whatever it is that he does when not scoring touchdowns. Maybe it's a week that he does. You're in your fantasy finals at this point. You probably don't want to be relying on these guys. Dalvin Cook, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, likely to be activated off the injured reserve, as will Jarek McKinnon in the spot of Clyde Edwards. He's still third in that packing order behind Daryl Williams, Gore, and then Jarek McKinnon. Kareem Hunt is questionable to play on Monday night. Not that you want to play him anyway. Alex Collins is questionable. You're not playing him. David Johnson, still no status update on his COVID list. As of right now, he may or may not play. Rex Burkhead is the preferable play either way. Who else we got here? Delvin Cook and DeAndre Swift are both going to be in. Ramondre Stevenson is likely to be in as well. Austin Eckler, he's going to be in. James Conner is a true game time decision. That's a later game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. So I've moved Edmonds up in the rankings uh, right now over James Conner. I still have both of them in because I do think that he's going to go, although reports out of practice are that he's extremely limited at the moment. So I wouldn't put too much faith into James Conner this week, although he'll probably just do his thing, rush for 25 yards and score a touchdown and just take away all the value from Chase Edmonds because that's how these things end up going. Uh, in terms of James Robinson, Dare Agab uh, the goon, uh, Agabun- I am bad at Nigerian last names, So I am just going to stop making myself look like an idiot. The O-Dog, big O. The big Olympic Stadium. Maybe that's what we'll go with. He's like a fine play. Um, You can find better down the list realistically. But if he still is available, it's you know, it's a decent matchup, I suppose, against the Patriots. If there's one thing you're going to do is probably check down to a guy three yards in front of you. I mean, that's about as as good as you can say for the Jacksonville offense at this point. Uh, So it's not, put it this way, it's not a favorable matchup by any means, but it could be worse based on the role that he occupies in this Jags offense, which is easy completions quickly for Trevor Lawrence uh, if he ends up getting the full run. But maybe he won't get the full run because we don't really know what's going on in the Jacksonville backfield right now. I really like Daryl. Williams um he's been excellent every single time that Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been out even in that Giants game when Gore got that entire series to himself he's been fine with Antonio Gibson can you really trust Jared Patterson the answer is probably maybe in terms of the running back rankings this week where did I slot in old JP Jared Patterson Jared Patterson I have at number 27 that's one spot ahead of Rex Burkhead one spot behind Devin Singletary. So he's a wide running back three and he's someone you can go pick up, but you might get a smattering of Jonathan Williams in this game. We don't know officially who the goal back is going to be. All indicators point to Jared Patterson here, but it's also a game where they're now like almost seven point underdogs that, How much is he going to be involved in the receiving game? We really don't know. Is there going to be Kyle Allen and Tyler Heineke in this game? We don't really know because Washington is all out of sorts at the moment. So uh, Jared Patterson, number 27 in the running back rankings for reference. Michael Carter is number 21. DeAndre Swift in his return is number 20. You can find all of these on the cheat sheet up at DKNation.com. Just hit the description or you can find the quick links in the newsletter as well. Wide receiver injuries for the week. Adam Thielen is out. He has been placed on injured reserve, even without Kirk Cousins this week. And Sean Mannion, who's expected to start for the Vikings, KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin are right around where they would be anyway. I dropped down Osborne a little bit because obviously Kirk Cousins is way better than Mannion. But there should be a situation where they have to throw a bunch. I didn't dock Justin Jefferson at all. He's just awesome, and you're not going to sit him. So my rankings aren't projections. They are who I would play over another guy. It's not like, oh, man. I'm going to sit Justin Jefferson this week. That is not happening in my fantasy final. So I'm playing Justin Jefferson. Hopefully Mannion isn't like the worst quarterback in the world. Traquan Smith is out for the New Orleans Saints. Maybe you can fire up some Marquez Calloway. Probably not. But, you know, if you, you need to. Or Lil Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, you probably don't want to do either of those things. But Traquan isn't playing, so don't play him. Jamison Crowder is likely out with a calf injury. Kadarius Toney is out with a shoulder injury. Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy are both on the COVID list. Cortland Sutton is dealing with an illness, apparently. That's not COVID. But if he pops up on the COVID list on Saturday night or Sunday morning, don't be super stunned that he could be out for this game as well. Kendall Kendall Hinton, quarterback extraordinaire. Uh, Travis Fulgham are guys that might fill in on the Broncos. Again, that's why I like the Broncos' tight ends in terms of their overs this week, just because they're probably the two best receivers left on the team. And the Chargers' defense reeks. So you'd think that Derwin James, who's coming back, probably ends up taking out or at least – probably ends up taking out Noah Fant in this situation, leaving big Albert O room to go run around. At least that's the way that I would try to, you know, reverse engineer it in my mind. Nelson Aguilar is out for the Patriots with a concussion still. Antonio Brown is a true game-time decision, according to interim head coach, whoever the hell it is for the Buccaneers this week. Not Bruce Arians. He's got COVID. He can't play, or he can't coach. But Antonio Brown's a game-time decision, I love his overs if he plays, and I think that he is going to play because Mike Williams, we don't know yet either. He's been activated from the COVID list, but he's practicing in a limited fashion because of the hamstring injury he sustained a few weeks ago. If it is not going to be Mike Evans, Brashad Perriman's actually kind of intriguing because he is back coming off the COVID list. Uh, He missed the last two weeks from that, but he would likely start over Tyler Johnson on the outside uh, and look, it's a revenge game for Brashad Perriman, former Jets legend Brashad Perriman. Uh, we haven't really seen him ingrained in this offense at all besides the touchdown and overtime against the Bills, but if he gets a full complement of snaps here, he's super cheap on DK. Uh, you know that he's available on the waiver wire. I'd take a shot. I'd take a flyer with Brady against the worst defense in the league. Yeah, let's go. Let's fire that up. Uh, Chenault, Valdez, Scantling, Brashad Perriman, Allen Robinson, Brennan Cooks, Jalen Guyton, Mike Williams, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and Nick Westbrook, Ikena, all likely in from the COVID list to be activated and to play in week 17. All of these other guys have a chance, I think, because the COVID rules are weird, um, to play this week. You have Mike Evans. Well, he's more of a hamstring injury at this point than a COVID problem, uh, but he's questionable to play. Darius Slayton, he's questionable to play because of the COVID list. Uh, John Ross and Colin Johnson are also out, along with Kadarius Toney. And Sterling Shepard, obviously, out for the season. It's just Kenny Galladay. Can't score touchdowns. Fun times in New York. Uh, But Slayton's on the COVID list. He's probably not going to play. But keep keep an eye out uh, on Darius Slayton. Not that you want the Giants offense anyway. Emmanuel Sanders for the Bills is questionable with a knee injury. You don't want to play Sanders now that Davis and Beasley are both back at best. So him and Isaiah McKenzie get pushed back to the side. Davis have been playing the bigger role over Emmanuel Sanders when he's been active. And I expect that to continue unless both these guys have lingering side effects from COVID, which we've seen in certain guys. I uh, like Tower Lockett described this week that he was just gassed the entire game. Just like, COVID really? He lost like 10 pounds. Uh Alan Robinson kind of mentioned the same thing. Uh obviously it happened to Murray Cooper, Tyreek Hill last week uh, obviously was not back at 100%. I'd be wary about Travis Kelsey this week as well. Not so much that I'd sit him, but in terms of like the uh, high-owned DK play, I could see the fade spot if that's like the narrative that you wanted to play, and maybe you get lucky that he ends up coming in on his unders in this situation. Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond, both questionable, probably out for the Detroit Lions against the Seattle Seahawks, hence Amon Ross St. Brown being everywhere. Daryl Hodge will probably get some extra run in this game too. No Jared the Goof, he's out. Out. The goof is not playing here. While well, at least he's doubtful to play. That means Tim Boyle will be at quarterback, who did lead them to the win. So Tim Boyle loves throwing to Amon Roth, St. Brown. Let's go. Uh, Julio Jones and Tajay Sharp are both questionable because of the COVID list. Albert Wilson, Deontay Harris. Curtis Samuel has a hamstring. He is questionable. Devin Duvernay and Rondell Moore are both questionable with ankle injuries as well. Marquise Brown has an illness. It's not suspected to be COVID he hasn't been practicing I would expect him to go but we've seen Lamar miss a game because of non-COVID illness so the, the Ravens just very cursed this year wonder why uh, but that's what's going on with them rest of the injuries at quarterback Kirk Cousins is out Sean Mannion is starting Jimmy Garoppolo is likely out likely Trey Lance is gonna start Teddy Bridgewater is out Drew Locke is gonna start I have Lamar Jackson trending towards out. He is not officially out, but I would expect Tyler Huntley to start for the Baltimore Ravens. He's been cleared. Justin Fields isn't necessarily out, but he is not starting. Andy Dalton is starting for the Bears. Carson Wentz's pass past protocol. He will start for the Indianapolis Colts. And Taysom Hill is likely to start for the New Orleans Saints as well this week. A lot going on in Week 17. Tight ends. James O'Shaughnessy, the Irish assassin, has a hip problem. He's out for the Jags. Jared Cook, he is out. For the Los Angeles Chargers on the COVID list, Travis Kelsey is in for the Kansas City Chiefs. Steven Anderson, Mr. Anderson, will end up starting. You got the Matrix coming out narrative for Mr. Anderson this week uh, with the Chargers down a few guys. So, yeah, why not? I mean, if you have a $2,500 tight end, you need to take a shot on the super athletic Steven Anderson might be the answer if you need to save all the money you probably don't or you probably don't need to stream him at tight end either way um he's a a name that's out there and he's likely to start because Parham is on the IR with that concussion he sustained a little while back Pat Fryermith has passed protocol he is off the injury report he will play Monday night for the Pittsburgh Steelers Tyler Croft not sure what's going on with him nor do we I mean I hopefully hopefully he's fine like he's healthy but I for fantasy purposes don't really give a shit what he's up to and then darren waller i guess he's not playing didn't get a ton of reports about darren waller he was expected to practice on wednesday but then he didn't practice on wednesday because he got sick don't know what's going on don't expect to have darren waller this week in your lineups if you want the dk ownership and the dk breakdown that's going to be another video that is up on mayo media network almost immediately so go check that out smash a like on the way out Prizepicks.com code mmn get it in you hundred dollar deposit match so you put in a hundred and they will just give you another hundred so now you have two hundred and if you make a seven dollar and eleven cent entry you're in the MMN prize picks props pool for the week all guys got to be from Sunday all five guys go five of five get 17 times your money on your seven dollar and eleven cent entry thank you all for watching sub to the newsletter i'll see you next time experience, experience.